Welcome to Business Aspirin, pain relief for business. Clint Junell has managed a restoration company in Dallas since 2008 and is one of the top drying experts in his region. Clint is also the co-founder of JobDocs, a software developed to help his team manage their overwhelming volume of projects. On the podcast, Clint brings together business managers and leaders to share with you how they have overcome their business pains and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Clint Junell. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Business Aspirin. I'm your host, Clint Janelle, and I have with me today Chris Crew, and Chris is with Blue Collar Success Group. Chris has a pretty unique story that I think is going to be really valuable for you guys uh, and somebody you want to pay attention to. So I'm really grateful to have Chris on. Chris, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Clint. Thank you for having us on today. I really, really, really appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, so let's tell people a little bit about Chris. Okay. Man, that's that's hard, man. It's really hard to talk about myself. Um let me kind of rewind and back up because I, I, I think it'll kind of frame this. I'm a big believer, Clint, that either you choose the trade or the trade chooses you. And for me, the trade chose me. I didn't choose to be in the trades. And it's not that it's a bad thing. My grandfather was a general contractor and framer. My uncle was a plumber. My un- my other uncle owns a contracting business today. So like my this is a part of my family. The story goes to at 16 years old, uh, I decided that I had already graduated in my mind and I was done with school. So I quit. And my grandfather said, uh, the only way that I'll allow this is if you get a job doing something with your hands that you can always have a job like that was his number one concern. Uh, A friend of mine worked for an electrical contractor and he said, hey, we're hiring. And I was like, great. So I became an electrical apprentice at 16 years old. I went through new construction from trim outs to rough outs, residential. And then from there, I got this itch that I thought I wanted to go start my own business. And I owned a horrible business. I owned what I could tell people. I owned a paycheck. That's what happened because the business really owned me. Sure. And it was because I was a good electrician, right, Clint? Like technically I was a good, I was good at that. I didn't know the part of business owner. That, that was a whole nother lesson you had to learn you had to be good at. So I didn't have the right things in place. In, 2000, in 2004, I ran into a, a, a dear friend of mine that I worked for in, in the new construction world. He's like, you're the guy I need to see. Uh, long story short, he recruited me to come to work. I shut down my business. And January the 3rd, 2005, forever changed my life. I went to work for a very large electrical contractor in Atlanta, Georgia, which is my hometown where I'm originally from. And I got not only the business education that I needed, I got some life education. And I have, I have a lot to owe to that organization and owners and leaders along the way that afforded me an amazing opportunity uh, to go to work for a large franchisor. My company got bought out. They franchised it. So I went and got business education and got paid for it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. 2013, I left and went to own and operate where uh, me and my partner, would build and grow uh, five locations across the state, uh, run rate of $30 million. And I don't say that to brag. I say that because no formal high school education and no college degree. But what I had was work ethic and I was coachable. So today I get an opportunity to take all the lessons all the way from new construction, all the way to building and growing and selling my business, my shares to my partner, to, I get to help contractors today. And 
I help them not have to go through the things that I went through. I'm trying to help flatten the learning curve for them. Sure. So there's kind of it, man. And today I get an opportunity uh, as the president to run an organization where we get to work with what I consider, uh, maybe I'm very partial to it, but some of the best people on the face of the planet are, are in this space and I, they're just salt of the earth people. And I, yeah. I enjoy getting to do it every single day. So there's my story, man. Yeah, it's great, like, man. I think that's why it's so, so great to have you on, right? Just to be able to go, okay, we're gonna have Chris on. And Chris is uh, now coaching and teaching and helping the service space understand processes and how to be more successful and what to look for uh, and, and looking for and solving business pains, which is exactly what we're trying to accomplish here. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that for a living. And you've got this unique story where you get to go, look, man, I messed it up bad. Like I thought I was really good. I thought I was really smart. I thought I could make this stuff work. And you, so you've got experience with a bunch of pains mm-hmm. that led you to not being really in the right spot and getting a chance to be in an environment where you, then you learned. And so many of our listeners are in that spot, right? We've got some guys that they're really great at the trade. They're great at, whether it's HVAC or restoration or electrician or whatever the case may be. And they're good at that. They love doing it. They love engaging the customer and have great customer service skills. And, and everybody's like, man, you should go do your own thing, right? And then you go do your own thing. And that's a really great idea until you're doing it. And then yeah. suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much of this I don't understand. There's so much I don't know. And you've got a lot of experience and knowledge to offer into companies like this. So yeah. let's talk about like, so now you're running Blue Collar Success Group. And let's talk about truly what Blue Collar Success Group is really doing. Like, uh, what's your wheelhouse? Who's your client? What do you do as Blue Collar Success Group? Interesting. So, so let me back up. One of the one of the, our core focus is to help contractors to be able to achieve their goals. And and we we talk at Blue Collar a lot that owners should have freedom. And when we use the word freedom, it means something different to everybody. But like, I'll give you an example. When I owned and operated my first business, I didn't have freedom. There's freedom of time and there's freedom of money. There's freedom of relationships. And I was handcuffed. If I left and went on vacation, the business didn't keep going. So vacations were a thing that of the past, like none of that happened. And so like, I recognize that contractors... Some, some And by the way, let me just stop and say, just because you're a contractor doesn't mean you're dumb. And unfortunately, I think that's where the world went back. I'll be 40, I'll be 45 in two months. And okay. so it was all about the smart kids went to college and all the dumb kids went and worked with their hands. But that's not that way, man. Like it's just school's not for everybody. But the challenge is the things that we need to know about business comes from the books, right? Or learning from other people. And so today what we do is it's kind of like a, it's kind of like contractor college, if that makes sense. Sure, and, and, absolutely and it does. We, we do it in a way that meets con meets business owners right where they're at, right? We come to them. Like we're not, we're not asking them, you get here and we'll show you how to do it. We meet them right where they're at, whether it's frustration around team members, frustration around you know, cash flow and being able to make their make ends meet. Right, right now, it's about call volume. Like we're we're seeing our clients, even our clients, and and kind of an industry thing. Call volumes down 10, 15, 20, 30 percent over 2023 already, and we're in January. 
yet revenue is up 15%, 10%, 20%. And the reason for that, Clint, is because of what we do. We help business owners control the controllables. I can't control the economy. I can't control interest. I can't do that. But what we can do is we can talk about how little hinges swing large doors, specifically around focusing on all of the metrics in the business and knowing which ones to focus on and how and apply your your effort and energy into. So today, uh, I've got a team uh, of coaches that work with with contractors, business owners, being able to kind of help them through their challenges. And sometimes, Clint, they're well-run businesses, 15, 20% net profit, growing at 10, 15, 20% top line. And they're saying to themselves, but we want to grow more. We want to get better. And so my team is really, really good at doing that. And it's not just about how you do it. It's about us getting in their head as well, meaning like understanding what makes the individual owner pick what's important to them. And so that that's kind of how we go about doing it, Clint. I don't I don't know if that answers your question or not, but there's nothing in the business that we don't help work on, like literally top to bottom operations. What does that mean? There's so much in that recruiting, hiring, how to interview people like where did we learn how to interview people from? What school sure. do you go to to do that? Like sure. nobody. So we we teach people how to interview people. And by the way, let me say this, Clint. Don't want this to come across the wrong way. It's not white collar corporate America is how you interview people. <laughs> That's and, true. Like, I, listen, much, much love for white collar people out there that, that are in corporate America. But when you're interviewing an electrician, when you're interviewing uh, a painter, when you're in inter- like, it's, it's not the same world, right? So what kind of, what kind of tips and tricks do you offer when you're coaching someone? In regard to, is there a process for finding the right candidate to interview? Do you have them do some kind of aptitude screen first? Do what, like what, if you're going to talk about, hey, one of the things that we do is interview. What is a nugget of information, a trick that you can offer to the listeners that say, hey, do this. If you're going to interview, other than don't be white collar, then what is it? Number one, let me say this. Not everybody's going to have a resume. Let me just put that out there. So a resume for me is not a prerequisite. If you got one, that's great because I'm going to I'm going to ask those questions. So, number one, don't expect everybody to have a resume. Number two, if somebody's trying to apply with your business, don't make it hard. Like don't on your website, don't make them upload a resume or give you a bunch of information. If you truly are recruiting right now, your website, wherever your recruiting page is, when I get there, it should literally tell me right now what to do. Now hiring, call this number. And when I call that number. Make sure everybody that answers the phone, small or large business, make sure everybody that's answering a phone knows that you're hiring and here's the process. When someone calls in and says, hey, I was wondering if you guys were hiring. Absolutely. What position are you looking for? Everybody needs to know how to do it that way. Great. Let me get a little bit of information from you so I can get you over to the hiring manager, whether that person is the service manager, general manager, operations manager. And by the way, I recommend if you've got multiple people, it should be a live transfer. Don't just transfer somebody over. It might be a million dollar producer. It might be a $500,000. You don't know what you've got on the other end of the line. From there, they ring me. Hey, Chris, I got an applicant on the line right now. It says they're an electrician. Okay, great. Second important thing that you need to know, don't try to interview them over the phone if you're not hiring them for a phone position. 
And a lot of times we think, well, I'm going to save myself some time. Remember, I might not interview well over the phone because that's not how I interact with people. So you sure, might make a judgment on me on the phone. That's not, that's not correct. And we see it time and time again, where we try to vet people out before we get there. And that would be the same Clint as what if every customer that called into our place of business that wanted service, what if we had to ask them a thousand questions about their problem before we booked an appointment, just to make sure we're not going out to something that doesn't make sense. Like quit trying to pre-qualify. In other words, if they called me and they have a problem and I do that type of work and it's in my service area, roll a truck out. Sure. So both that's both, kind of the, yeah. And I love that uh, idea because a lot of times you're going to like, there are a lot of groups that, you know, they're not even going to have a conversation with someone unless they fill out this particular form to yep. find out, you know, the Colbate test or whatever, you know, how are they wired and what are they like? And, yeah. um, and, and I agree with that because people turn out to be very different on in person when they're sitting face to face with you, uh, yeah. when you can make them comfortable, when they're had a chance to breathe out a little bit in some cases. And, and what is it you're trying to hire them for? That makes a lot of sense. And I love the fact that you, that you guys get into that when you're actually coaching your clients, but I also want our listeners to go like, look, be prepared for someone calling. And, and even to the point of your say, what you said would indicate to me, you think there should be a landing page for hiring. If you're actually trying to hire, if you're recruiting to hire, have a page that specifically speaks about that, not just your phone number, um, not just where you're at, but Hey, this is what we do to hire. This is who we are. This is what we do. If you are wanting to apply for this position, then call this number. And you, I think at some level, and you can correct me in terms of what you guys think at blue collar. I think you can put some qualifying statements on that page when they're reviewing it. Hey, are you a self-starter? Like we need people that are motivated to go to work. We don't want to have to hold your hand the entire time. Like whatever it is that you want to put out in regard to the person you're trying to hire, have that there. And if they call, then you should assume they believe that about themselves yeah. and they're ready to go to work and bring that together. And I love that. So another thing that we we recommend, if, if for those that have uh, sophisticated enough systems to do this, we do this often. So in some of the live classes that we do, Clint, um, that we do train, like we'll do certain management trainings and business planning sessions and things we do. If we're talking, I always ask when we get to recruiting, I'm like, who in the room's hiring? And sometimes people don't raise their hand. And I'm asking this question. Shouldn't you always be hiring? Because, you know, to Jack Welch's point, whenever whenever you raise the bottom 20 percent of your company and the talent, you're raising the top 20 percent. So I'm not saying today that we need to churn through people. Sure. If I've, if I've got people that are on my team today that like we hear, I, I see this all the time, Clint, in social media groups. How do you get team members to show up every day on time and blah, blah, blah. Like, listen, man, you can't make eagles out of ducks. Move on. <laughs> like, right? Like, it's just a, it's a something that requires little to no skill, right? And if they can't get that, believing that you'll get them to follow your company's processes and be a, a genuine asset to your company and this Very is true. where we find that Clint, that owners don't know how to get out of the vicious cycle of, of how do I stop mediocrity in my business? And, and we, we, we as owners, and I'm going to, I'm going to, we as owners believe that's just the way it is. It's just the way that, you know, the workforce is like BS. It's not. Don't slap a stigma on the workforce today because I can show you some of our clients who the majority of their technicians Early 30s, late 20s. So in the hiring process, then for them to find those eagles, to get this rock star person, 
how many people typically are they having to interview and or hire in order to find the one superstar, the one this guys you're working with? Yeah, and this might hurt a little bit, Clint, when I say this for for the listeners. And I don't, I don't, I'm not coming at a place of of uh, let me tell you how it is. Like I'm coming from a place of love. I have seen people overlook super talented people because of little things. And I'm going to say that most people don't really know how to find rock stars because they don't know what a rock star really is. Fair. They don't know the qualities of a rock star. And I listen, when I say qualities, meaning like don't believe that they, you know, they have to be super polished. Do they, I, this is two words. You ready? Are they hungry and are they humble? Hungry and humble, I can work with that because that means they're coachable. Sure. And if they're hungry, they're going to want it. I ain't got to make them want it. And so, you know, we live in this world where, you know, we think everybody wants to be paid a lot of money and that's not the case anymore. Now people are more around time. So how, how as I as an organization, do I land a rock star? There's four keys to recruiting and hiring top talent. I'll share them with you. Number one is compensation. Compensation includes benefits, by the way. Uh, nobody's going to take a small salary because you're a cool company, right? Nobody's going to take less money because you're a cool company. So the money's got to be right. Let me be clear though. That doesn't mean you've got to pay more than everybody else. Just it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be good and competitive. Um, and we live in a world today where people think, Oh, Joe down the street pays commission and he pays 15. Oh, I'm going to pay 18 and I'll attract top talent. All they're doing is cutting into their margins. Right. So you so paying more is a slippery slope. Right. So next thing is and by the way, to pay right, you got to charge right. Meaning your pricing, you just build that in. Uh, if I know I want to go get good top talent and tell you an example of that, uh, the server that you're going to get at a high end steak restaurant is not the same level of service you're going to get at a at a Golden Corral. Right. Sure. It's, it's two sure. different talents and two different pricings. And that's why. Sure. Number sure. number two is culture. The culture of the business. If you've got a really poor culture, uh, winners don't want to come and be a part of mediocre people. Sure. Like no harm. You look at any sports team, people sometimes want to leave and go play for another team that they win. Why? Because they're winners internally, right? I want to be on a winning team. That could be like, well, hang on, wait. I want a guy that's a team player, though. He'll be a team player. She'll be a team player, but just make sure the culture's in line, right? Of what they're looking for. So you've got to clearly articulate. What is your culture? Right. Number three is opportunity in the organization. Meaning, if I come to you in this position, what kind of future can I have here? And I used to tell people all the time, and the way I did this, Clint, is I, I had an org chart. Uh, me and my partner had sat down and said, our business our business mile marker is $100 million in revenue. So we had a $100 million org chart built out with open boxes. And I would explain in the interview like, this is where we're going. This is where we're heading. If you want to be an electrician for the rest of your career forever, you're in a good place because I'm going to need people like you for a long time. But if at some point in your career, you decide that you want to do something different, there's plenty of opportunity here for you. All I want you to do is be willing to raise your hand and let's have a conversation, which brings me to the fourth key. You've got to have a program in your business that you manufacture talent at the frontline level, at the call center level, at the dispatch level, at the mid-level management supervisor, at the operations. Like everybody has to 
be able to be invested in. Like they want to be trained. Show show me how you're going to train me to take advantage of the opportunity. So those are the four keys when you start talking about what are some things I can do. Well, Chris, I'm a I'm a I'm a two I'm a two man shop today. How do I do that? You'll never become something that you can't dream you can become. Fair. Just never going to happen. That's right. If you believe you're a two man shop, you're going to be a two man shop. Fair. And you'll always make decisions like a two man shop, sure. and you'll 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 always think that way, right? So I I always say small goals, small results. Sure. And I like the four points, and I think that like listening to them, obviously it's the first time I've heard you say this, right? But I don't think that they can exist independently of each other. I no. think you have to have the culture, right? When you're starting to build all of that so that when, when you have somebody that wants to be able to move into another position, the culture has to be in a place where you can bring somebody up in another position and there's not somebody trying to Heisman them and keep them from being able to be successful. And I see that in a lot of organizations and people that we talk to, it's like, well, my hiring manager, my HR manager does all this hiring is afraid of any of these people that are smarter than them. And yep. so she doesn't want to bring them or he doesn't want to bring them in because like this person's super talented and that stymies your opportunity to find the superstars. And yes. I think that's something. So with your four points that you're talking about, Hey, we got to be in line on a conversation. We got to make sure we're providing opportunity. We got to make sure our culture is right. We got to make sure, you know, those things are, are perfect examples of how you, can go about building the right organization to allow you to scale. And your guys that you're talking about that are human shop, it's like, well, when do I implement that? Right now, as a two-man shop, right now. That's how you implement that, right? Would you agree? Like, I, I this is when we do it. Yes, I ask people this question because most of the time people live in regret. Of, oh, I wished I would have. And I always ask this question, you know the best time to plant a tree is? 20 years ago. Yep. You yep. know when the second best time to plant a tree is? Right now. Right now. Right. So so quit quit living in the past. And a lot of times too, Clint, we'll hear things like, oh, I've tried that before. Oh, I, you know, it, it didn't work for me. It didn't. There's people that are sitting around making excuses of why it can't be done while others are out there just doing it. Right. And and it goes back to that whole Roger Bannister. No high school education, no college education. I just seen other people could do it. So I'm like, they put their pants on the same way I do, one leg That's at right. a time. That's right. As as long as I can go acquire the skills necessary, I can do that too. Absolutely. Like we, we live in the greatest country on the face of this planet. And in spite of anything that anybody could say, show me another country that provides opportunity like we do. Yeah. It's not there. That's the reason it's so many it, people it, want to be here. Absolutely. It's, it's everywhere around us. And so, you know, it, it, you know, it goes back to, you know, the old Napoleon Hill, you know, think and grow rich. Right. Like when we when we when we think about our thinking about it, a lot of us, when we're smaller, we have a little bit of a, a broken mentality about who we are and what we are. And and this is not an ego play at all. Like there's a difference between having confidence and being egotistical. Sure. I've Absolutely. been around some egotistical people and I've been around really confident people and, and confident people. This is what I've learned. This goes to an old say, uh, an old teaching from Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach. Somebody can only be confident when they're capable. Somebody can only be capable when they're courageous enough to go and do and make mistakes. Those people won't go do and make mistakes unless they're committed. So if I'm committed, I'll go get I'll get the courage up to go do what needs to be done. Hey, we're going to fail or we're going to succeed or we're going to find another way that doesn't work. Right. 
And then that's what instills capability, like the skills and ability to do things. I told you in the first run, man, I made a lot of mistakes. And even in my second run, Clint, I made a lot of mistakes. But there were kind of four things that I focused on. Number one is training. Like I got to make sure everybody in the business knows how to do their job. And I've got to have a training pathway for them. Number one. Okay. Number two, we've got to be good at selling. Like we've got to be good at selling our services, whatever they are, whether I'm a B2B or a B2C or, or both, whether I'm residential, whether I'm commercial, it doesn't matter. Everybody is selling. And when we get good at it, and I, by the way, Clint, we can't, this doesn't mean backing your service truck up and unloading it in the customer's house, getting them to buy everything just because like it, there's a process, right? You got to make sure it's about wants and needs, no high pressure, no cheesy, sleazy sales tactics. And they're out there, by the way. Yes, right? they are. We teach off of logic and emotion. That's everything we teach at Blue Collar is you sell logically. And if need be, you sell emotionally, but not take advantage of people. Right. You just connect the emotional component to the things they want and desire. And we teach them how to do that. So number one, training. Number two, sales. Number three, you got to be good at marketing your services. You got to be good at telling people who you are and what you can do for them. Lastly, you got to be good at finances. Like you got to understand your numbers. And when you when you can understand your numbers, you can make a very good run at at what you do. Right. Once again, I'm good at training, I'm good at selling, I'm good at marketing, and I'm good at finance. Challenge is, I wasn't good at that stuff on my first run. Sure. I wasn't great at it on my second run. These were things that I had to, I had to go learn, right? And that learning paid dividends for me. Absolutely, and, it will. And today at the Blue Collar Success Group, that's what we do. Yeah. We make well, sure even we like, share the learnings. Part of that, you're talking about financing. Part of the early statement that you made was call volume is down for the year, but mm -hmm. revenue is up. Now, hopefully with revenue up, margin is also up um, in that process. But you don't know those things unless you know your numbers, unless you know your finances, unless you know what's happening. And to me, that's the ideal situation, right? If I could have one call and that one call generate my $10 million in revenue I need, great. Now, is that likely? No. But the fewer number of calls that I can have to still give me the revenue and then the margin that I need to make, the better I would think. Now, some of that you can control, some of it you can't on the call volumes, right? Um, so call and, volumes but, are down. Go ahead. So Clint, but think about that. What I just said, it was one of those two things. I'm good at marketing, but if call volume goes down because I'm good at training and I'm good at selling, I can still, like I control that, right? I control sure. that narrative. And I don't mean like, I control control. Like I'm not going to twist a customer's arm, but sure. I have, I have my, me and my team can heavily influence that. And Clint, it starts on the phone, like the sure booking does. of the appointment. Does my, does, does anybody on an inbound call know how to overcome the, how much is this going to cost? Why do I got to pay to come out? If your company charges a fee to go out, like if your team doesn't know how to overcome those, those are missed opportunities of which you paid to make the phone ring already. Right. Like, so that, get that lead, that cost to acquire already cost you something. It's a sunken cost yeah. that you can monetize that as much as you can. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so um, the other thing I'm a big fan of is, and I'll say this, big or small, stop worrying about what your competitors are doing in your market. 
because nobody's going to fly a flag on their building or their truck that says we suck and we're losing money. Truth. If you've never seen an income statement that's produced by their business, why would you go do what? Well, because we see that they're growing and they're adding trucks, but you don't know. You don't know how profitable they Man, are. I've got, that, I've got friends in in the service space, restoration and HVAC space, both that uh, two of them uh, in particular in my head that are running 10 million in revenue and they're not making a dime. I'd rather run a, a $3 million company doing 20% net. Yeah. Got, I'd rather have $3 million yeah. problems and $10 million problems yeah. when there's no profit. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. So they're, they're practicing an awful lot. They're doing a lot mm-hmm. of practice and not having, but it, in their, both of their cases, right. They're still chained and handcuffed to the business. The business owns them um, and their overhead's so big. They bought the golden airplane. Right. And so now as a result, they got to do all the things to, to keep that machine running and still not making anything out of it. And it's, it's unfortunate. And that's part of what we're trying to do here is be like, let's not do that. And obviously that's what you're doing at blue collar success group is you're preparing people for these things. And man, I love hearing what you're saying, man. I, I think it's great. And I'm sure your clients are absolutely you know crushing it as a result. So first thing you're primarily operating in HVAC plumbing and electrical those are your, that's kind of your wheelhouse, the clients that you've dealt with the most, but then you yes. have some outside of that, right? Like, so if somebody wants to reach out to you, reach out, right? It doesn't have to be, oh, well, we're not in those three. You'll at least carry on the conversation with them, I would assume, correct? Absolutely, Clint. We, and we do explain. So uh, we have what we call four pillars at Blue Collar uh, that we, that this is kind of what we do to help businesses build and grow. Number one, Number one is our training, like how how we train. And it's not just like how to train technicians. Like it's literally top to bottom. Everybody in the business gets trained. Uh, We do that virtually and we do it in person. We do it recorded and we do it live and all the mix of those those right there. Right. Uh, We have what we teach, what we call the blue collar selling system. Everybody that's listening today has a selling system. The question is, is it on purpose or is it on accident? So that's the first one. Number two is our coaching. We do that with uh, people that have been there, done that. So it's not like my people went to school and was like, oh, I'm going to go be a business coach. No knock on people that are out there that make a living on that. Hustle and do your thing. But at Blue Collar, it's a requirement. If you want to be a coach here, you have to have experience, good experience running successful operations. That's a requirement here because I can't have somebody on the phone uh, or on video coaching a business and not really know how that works and how it does. Like I, I need credible people doing this. Okay. Sure. Fair. Uh, so that's our coaching. And sometimes we do it as a group. So our community of, of members that are sectioned out, we do them in small pods. We do group, uh, group coaching. So you're hearing from other, other contractors, you, you're hearing what they're doing that's working. And so it's a good collaboration. Number three is our tools and resources. So like our business tools, how to price your services, how to budget, how to recruit, how to turn, like all of our tools that we've got. And then lastly, we actually have a buying group. So contractors that come to us may already be using that vendor. And because uh, we we bring a collective buying power to the table, we're able to negotiate special rates, special discounts, sometimes rebates on, on things of which get paid to us. And then we turn around and pay rebates back out to our members. In many cases, some of our members, their membership, Pay the rebates right almost pay for it. Yeah. So those yeah. are our four things. The reason why I bring that up is because yeah. if we have somebody that comes to us, it's not from what we call the peach trades, plumbing, electrical, 
and heating and air. If they're not from that, we explain all of our tools and training are designed for this. However, if you can help relate it to your industry, all in. So we've actually got uh, one of our members that joined us uh, four years ago. Uh, they were dead broke, dead, dead broke. They were they were plumbing company uh, in a, uh, a, a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia. I know he he'll, he would love it if I called his name. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, um, he like they they didn't know they were in debt up to their eyeballs. They met me at an event, came up, was like, "We're at our wits end. This is our last shot. Can you help us?" Yes, we can. One of the things that they were doing was uh, they were too diversified for such a small company. So we made a, we talked about shutting down portions of the business. Let's get you priced right. Let's do all these things. I'm proud to say today, Clint. We helped take that. And I said to him back four years ago, set a goal. Okay. He's like, this is the goal. He uh, was approached with an opportunity to sell his business. And we helped him become a multimillionaire. Dead ass broke when he seen us. Yeah. This this is the stuff that gets me excited, Clint. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Now, that being said, the reason why I say that story, I just got off the phone with him yesterday. And he's already trying to get back in the game and he's wanting to start a, in a different industry because he's got a non-compete. But he's learned that business service business is service business. And uh, he said, I know that y'all don't support the and he filled in the trade that he was looking at a company to buy. But I'm just curious, would you allow me to join Blue Collar again? And I said, Richard, absolutely, man. Like, absolutely. We'll do that because he understands that this is how it relates to the, that trade. Sure. Right. Sure. So the answer is, Clint. We're very upfront about that. We tell people like everything you see and do is going to be plumbing, heating, air, electrical examples. You just got to know you got to be able to look past that. Now, well, Chris, why are you guys the blue collar success group if you don't support all blue collar trades? I want to be clear about this. It's not that we believe that the three are the only three. It's this is our wheelhouse right now. And this is where our opportunity is. And when we when we've kind of got to a little bit of a critical mass there, we're going to start shifting into other trades are already history of garage doors, pest control, wheelchair delivery companies, fireplace companies, commercial companies. Uh, we actually have a company in, in the Denver market who was primarily commercial and new construction. We've yet we've now helped them get into the residential service business and their business okay. is just blowing up. Sure. Well, it's hard to be all things to all people, right? So you have to pick your wheelhouse and you have to operate here, perfect here then branch out. And that's great, man. And I think that's spectacular. And and anybody that's going to come to you should should recognize that as a positive trait that you guys are providing. Look, we'll help you. However, so if any of the restoration guys are like, man, we want to visit with Chris, but we're not in HVAC or look, fine. If you recognize that that's what they're doing, you could still find value in somebody like Chris. And I think that's great. What's up? The, the only component on the restoration business, and I'll say this, is the insurance component. Sure. Like I've got friends in the business that that's what they do. I understand that game. I realize and recognize that it's, it's like, and it's not always a cash. It's, it's a bill too. And so there, there's some complexities that are around that, but certainly yeah. it's stuff that we absolutely, we can help with. Yeah. And there's guys, I mean, I can connect you with people that can help. I can help with that. We can make sure if you have somebody that comes on, we'll figure out a way to make sure they know how to do the insurance side of it. Don't sweat that. We'll make that happen. Thank you, Clint. What is, what is something that you wish you knew when you started that you know now? People are the heartbeat of this business. Hire good people. It goes win. back to all that, right? The culture, yeah. all the things that you brought up. Like, like hire good people, you win. Yeah. 
And that's hard to do, right? Especially when you're early. But again, now, now's the time. I love it. So, yeah. So let me paint the picture of why though. Nobody's going to do it as good as I'll do it. And Absolutely. that's usually where a smaller business and, and even medium-sized businesses, owners won't let go of certain things in the business because they won't do it as good as I. And so my lesson that I've learned is, and that's why I'm where I'm at. No harm. I'm not trying to be egotistical. It's like, that's why I'm where I'm at is because I can do it this good. Other people aren't going to do it to my level. My 80% might be somebody else's 100%. And so I've got to get that resolved. What's the standard that they need to meet? Not what is the, what's the, what's the peak and the opportunity of how I do it. Even today at Blue Collar, there's things today, Clint, that I do that I could take a task and I could do it in an hour and a half to two hours. It'll take somebody else all day. That's why I'm where I'm at. So as an owner, I like what John Maxwell said. He said, everything rises and falls upon leadership. And so as an entrepreneur, I'm the leader of my business. And so if everything rises and falls upon me, I've got to recognize that everything can't be exactly the way I would do it. Sure. And I've made that comment on other podcasts, right? Like I was able to watch my my father, my grandfather started a plumbing company. My dad then started an HVAC plumbing company. And I was able to watch in both cases where they felt like they had to touch everything. Yeah. And if you have to touch everything, you only have a certain level that you can actually do. You'll never be able to scale. You'll never be able to grow. And, you know, my dad watched one of those podcasts. He's like, well, you know, but, but the reality is it's true. I'm not saying it's not true. He wanted to be so good at the customer service and the product that was provided for his customers, which is to be applauded, right? Yeah. But you can't help more people if you're stuck in an environment where I have to touch all of it. So yeah, what is the standard? How do I get to, this is what's acceptable. And then if there's problems that occur from that, how do we as a group fix those and make it better and make a better product, a better result for everyone? And I love that idea. I love yeah. it. Even um, blue, even at Blue Collar Today, Clint, like this is, there's things in this business that that people do. And because here's what happens. The moment that you break out of that mentality, you'll actually start hiring people that are better at you at other things. And guess what happens to your business? All boats rise with the tide, right? You're, you're, literally, your business starts blowing up because to, you know, once again, and it goes back to the one thing you said, and I just said, it's 100% people. My, like that, We don't refer to them as employees um, because I believe languaging matters, Clint. We refer to everybody on our team as team members. So there's not, there's not one team member today that doesn't have a unique gift and ability, they know how to do things I can't do. And so that frees me up to do the things I'm good at, right? The things that I'm great at. And I heard somebody say this one time, if you and I spent a lifetime trying to develop the things we're not good at, at the end of life, we'll be good at the things that we're not good at. So I choose to focus on doing what I'm good at and getting better at that. Yes. So Yes. And have somebody else to do the things I'm not good at. Exactly. Or even things I am good at. So I can do more of them. I love it. Two more questions that I really have, because I know you've got a hard stop here pretty quick. What is the most common pain that your clients experience that you guys help solve? What is consistently what are you as Blue Collar Success Group seeing and resolving for your clients as the primary pain that you guys are resolving? If I could kind of like, in a nutshell, it's freedom, a lack of freedom. 
And a lack of freedom is not like I'm an absentee owner. A lack of freedom is freedom from and freedom to. I lack of freedom from, meaning there's things in the business I do, like I still run calls. I still answer the phone. It's because they don't have freedom from that. They don't have the freedom from it. And we help them solve that. Some of them don't have the freedom to, which is I don't get the freedom to. I was just on the, before you and I hopped on, I was on with one of my clients and he was just telling me about this epic trip that him and his wife were just able to take to St. Lucia. They landed at the airport and they had a helicopter ride, bring them into this resort. And like, he just explained, it's like, and I said to him, I called his name. I said, uh, Aaron, let me ask you, 15 years ago, could you have done this? And he was like, no way, man. Like financially, just wasn't going to happen. And so, you know, he's one of our clients and and he's he's built a very good business. In fact, he's uh, he's up to nine locations across the country. Electrical company, by the way, okay. just happens to be electrical. I've known Aaron for a long time, him and his uh, COO, Daryl. But they get the freedom too. And now they've got the freedom from right? The, like He's never going to have to go get in a truck again. If he wants to, he can. He'll never have to go do that. He'll never have to answer another phone. He'll never have to get involved in another customer concern because he has the freedom from it. He can do it if he wants to, but doesn't have to. And so if I could put it in a nutshell, what does Blue Collar do? We help freedom. owners get freedom. And that's, I tell you, that's something to attain to for all the entrepreneurs that we know. Right. Even the two man shows, they experience that handcuff more than anyone. Mm. So they're longing for that freedom, even if it's not all of it right now, little bits at a time, little opportunities, little problems to solve that you can help solve. Chris, I love what you're saying. I love having you on. Uh, Is there anything that you want to say that we haven't just touched on already so we can still meet your hard stop? Um, If you're out there today, and you're listening to this, which obviously you would be listening. I want you to slow down and look at your past. And I'll encourage you to write down where things were 12 months ago, 24 months ago, and 36 months ago. My guess is the things that you write down are probably going to be the things that you've accomplished and did. And what that should allow for you to do is reflect upon where you came from so you can understand how to be grateful about where you're at today. I believe that we live in a world where people lack gratitude, not because they intentionally don't want to have it. It's that they they struggle to find how to be grateful in their current situation. And I can tell you uh, as a as a uh, dead broke, poor kid that come from the poor side of the tracks. I could sit right now and find things in my life that I could not be happy about. But it keeps me in gratitude, Clint, when I look back and go, man, (laughs) remember when, remember how. And I realize my life is much better today than it ever has been. And maybe you're listening going, that's not me, Chris. I want to give you this small piece of advice. And remember this. In the end, everything is going to be okay. And if everything's not okay right now, it's not the end. So don't give up. Yeah, I love it. You know, one of the things that we say, my pastor actually says this quite a bit. It's okay to not be okay. It's not okay to stay there. And you guys help people not stay there. Yeah. And I love it, dude. I love it. Chris, man, thank you so much for being on. Uh, Thank you for Blue Collar Success Group. Thank you for your wisdom today. 
Uh, I appreciate having you here and uh, best of luck on your next uh, appointment. You have to be uh, navigating. Awesome. Thanks, Clint. I, I, I truly do. I, I mean this. Um, the industry has changed my life. It rescued me and saved me from a very troubled teenage past. Everybody's got a story. I won't go into it. But because this in- industry rescued me, I'm forever indebted to it. And so getting to do what I do today doesn't feel like a job. I'm just paying it forward for, for the industry choosing me. So it, thank you so it. much for this platform today to share with your listenership and uh, to, to make maybe something was said or done that triggered something in somebody. Oh, I believe, I believe there's something, there's nuggets there. And I appreciate awesome. you, my friend. Perfect. Thank you, Clint. I appreciate that. Take care. You too. This has been a business aspirin pain relief for business podcast. If you're a business owner trying to overcome your business pains, follow us on Apple podcasts or visit our website for more information, job-docs.com.